0: Welcome to the Chrisman Commentary, Daily Mortgage News Podcast. I'm your host, Robbie Chrisman. Topics on today's episode include conforming loan limits, my interview with MCT's Andrew Rhodes on transparency in the capital markets, inflation patterns, and indicative pricing, and what new home sales say about the overall market. While we await the release of changes in the official conforming loan limits later today, though many lenders and MI companies went to 750000 in October, and the CLL will prob- and the conforming loan limits will probably increase around 6% for 2024 to around $770,000 and to $1,155,000 for high-cost areas. Both vendors and lenders continue with changes, instituting workweek reductions, furloughs, pay cuts, and layoffs due to overcapacity. Much different than a couple years ago when those same companies couldn't hire people fast enough. Things rarely stay the same forever, whether it is in mortgage banking, shipping, or population. For example, there's this. Is Texas losing population? No, but it's an example of a sensationalist headline that would make you think so. The article goes on to say, quote, People are leaving Texas over rising costs, partisan politics, and a sense of disenchantment. End quote. Paging down a bit shows, quote, Over 494,000 people left Texas between 2021 and 2022 though Texas gained a net population of 174,261 people. End quote. Thanks to today's podcast sponsor, MCT. Over the past 20 years, MCT has evolved from a pipeline hedging services specialist into the industry leader for fully integrated capital markets software and services. Anchored by their comprehensive platform, MCT Live, MCT offers the innovative technology and bespoke client support needed to elevate your performance. From MCT Live to MSR Live to the award-winning bid auction manager, or BAM, MCT is consistently first to market with new technology. Speaking of which, for today's interview, I wanted to welcome onto the show MCT's Andrew Rhodes to talk about transparency in the capital markets, inflation patterns, and indicative pricing. So last week, MCT hosted a webinar, and, and uh, you covered a variety of topics. We're going to kind of run through them today. Uh, as well as some of your latest offerings here, uh, an interesting point from it was the parallels between what we saw four decades ago and now in terms of rise in inflation, Fed's action. Uh, we were basically at the end of this historical tightening campaign. You know, Fed has raised rates five hundred and twenty-five basis points over the past year and a half or so. Uh, what are those parallels that you see between, between the '80s and today?
1: Really, I mean, whoa, yeah, the velocity in terms of the kind of the the mortgage to treasury spread. Um, you know, back in the eighties, we we saw a, a huge spike in that spread. Um, it was I think it was uh, 170 basis points, if I remember correctly. And uh, more recently, what we've kind of lived through, you know, as you were pointing out, just the you know historic nature of what we're going through. Uh, it was, it was close to that. I think the velocity of the mortgage to treasury spread was at 150 basis points, so similar velocity. Um, in terms of kind of the, the, the mortgage to treasury, treasury spread, but what, what's interesting about it is the um, in the 80s, it was a pretty quick uh, retreat back in terms of that spread, it compressed pretty quickly. And in the current environment, we're not seeing the same kind of um. You know, compression, it's it's actually sticking around a lot longer. So, um, you know, there's a couple of reasons that we're seeing that. And, uh, you know, the Fed letting their kind of mortgage book run off is one component of it. Um, And then just uh, the inflation component of it uh, sticking around, I think, is another reason that we're seeing that kind of uh, mortgage to treasury spread stay at at the wide levels that we've seen it. So, it's kind of—I mean—it really is a historic level that we're—I mean—that we're living through right now. So it's kind of interesting to go. Can
0: you explain what causes such a wide spread, or, or what historically would cause that spread to narrow? Why why is it so wide?
1: Um, well, I think the uh, risk-free rate of return is really a component of it, right? So so the Fed increasing its interest rates to you know to, to the level that it's at right now um, has kind of pushed the the level for investors to feel you know like justly compensated for their risk to a higher level and uh, you know for investors to step in and buy mortgages it, it really um, you know we're, we're starting to see we're starting to see a balance um, definitely you know at Seven and a half, eight percent, I think. Um, you know, that's a couple, I think, like, or I think we're like 200, 300 basis points above that risk free rate of return, um, from the Fed. So I think that's a just compensation for for the investors stepping in and buying right now. I think you know, I, I hopefully we'll see that start to compress here in the near future and that will bring interest rates back down a little bit. But I still think that investors are scared about, you know, potentially the Fed increasing rates more. I think most investors and most people out there are thinking that the Fed's done, um, but uh, the Fed's still going to hold that in their back pocket. So I think it, there's still some cause for concern that, you know, the um, <clears throat> Fed could potentially do something in the future. but Um hopefully that will go away here in the next couple of months with people getting more comfortable uh with the levels that they're at and more investors will hit the market and uh start to see and hopefully we'll start to see that compression come in a little bit.
0: Yeah, throughout the big run-up in rates, a a big topic was illiquidity in, in market coupons or no premium pricing. Uh and we'll we'll get into some of MCT's offerings in a minute, but has has that improved? Have markets kind of balanced things out? Is it, has it as it helped with rates decreasing here over the last month? Where, where do we stand in, in your opinion?
1: Um, yeah, I think uh, the rally that we've seen in November has definitely been uh, a sigh of relief uh, for for the rates and the, the illiquidity that we were kind of bumping up against. I think we were starting to get into a territory to where we were looking at a seven and a half coupon um, for from a, a trading perspective. And uh luckily, you know, with the like I said, with the rally that we've had in November, that has um not really happened. We we've been able to trade the the six and a halfs and the sevens, and the sevens are becoming more liquid, and that is kind of starting to be um uh, hopefully, you know, hopefully not a market coupon. I think we're still trading in the six and a half range. Um, uh, but the sevens are definitely getting more liquid and uh becoming more of a tradable security right now. So Ah, uh, hopefully, we don't get into the seven and a halfs or eights, but um I think that just kind of depends on what happens here in the near future,
0: Just kind of anecdotally, it seems like markets have gotten ahead of the Fed four or five times at this point uh, and have had to reverse course. And, and we're even, you know, I in my opinion, I feel like we're ahead of the Fed currently, where it's, okay, maybe the Fed's done. We're pricing in a a chance for rate cut as early as March. You, is it is it just optimism that's causing markets to do that? Why why does it seem like they keep getting ahead of the Fed and then have to reverse course?
1: Uh, it's a good question. I think it's uh, expectations of a recession. Truthfully, that people are thinking the economy's um gonna have a turn, something's gonna happen to where the Fed's gonna have to pivot and change their stance. I, I really do think the Fed's uh, determined to to kill inflation and. Um, they're not afraid of a recession, so I think I think it is optimism. Truthfully, I, I, I don't see a rate cut in the in the first quarter of next year. But um, you know, it, I, I think it's all dependent on what happens in the market. Truthfully, uh, if if I was a betting man, I would think that the Fed's probably not going to uh, cut until probably the back end of 2024, maybe not even 2025.
0: We began this conversation about parallels between the '80s and today. What lessons do you think the Fed took from the '80s, and then I guess applying it to potential future quantitative easing or, or tightening campaigns? What do you think the, the Fed will uh, glean from today?
1: Uh, I think the lesson that they that they learned from the past is going to be to to remain uh, stable in a environment where things are changing. So, uh, meaning. That they're going to be level-headed in terms of making changes to their rate policy in terms of inflation. So once they get inflation under 2% or once they get a better hold on it, I think that they are going to try to you know, remain more stable and keep that level for a while before modifying their rate policy. So I think you know in the 80s, there was a lot of fluctuation in terms of what they were doing. But uh, you know, Volker was the one who pretty much broke inflation, and I I think that's exactly what Powell is trying to do.
0: Well, let's talk. (laughs) Let's talk about what MCT is bringing to market and some new product enhancements to help out during this time of of uncertainty or increased volatility. Uh, You and I were talking offline. You mentioned liquidity to lenders. What are what is MCT doing on that front?
1: Yeah, so we're we're just trying to uh, open up access to. to, to the lenders, in terms of kind of additional functionality in terms of being able to, to get access to pricing for uh, a longer-dated uh, settlement. So, um, you know, a lot of the market right now is all purchase-driven. Uh, there's a lot of builders out there who are offering lower rates, lenders trying to get into that business. And uh, with that, becomes some uncertainty in terms of kind of being able to provide a price uh, out, you know, past 120 days. So, you know, what we're trying to do is we're trying to open up access to uh, lenders and broker-dealers to offer uh, levels on out-of-date settlements. So in, you know, the realm that I've been living in, you know, for uh, the past 18 years, it's always been front month, mid-month, and back month in terms of uh, liquid securities being able to be traded uh for for uh to be announced mortgage-backed securities but what we're trying to do is we're trying to open up that window to see like hey what if i wanted to see a fourth month fifth month six month tba is that an is that a possibility is that an option and what we're finding out is there there are dealers out there who are offering uh that kind of flexibility um you know if it's appropriate given the counterparty uh risk that they're you know taking on so there's additional concerns that dealers have in terms of offering that kind of liquidity. So, you know, margin, um, things like that, that really need to come into play when the dealer is offering that kind of flexibility. But if you're meeting those requirements, then that does give you the ability to have that price certainty to go out to that fourth, fifth, six-month settlement from a TBA perspective. So, it really does open up the the market in terms of <clears throat> being able to provide better pricing certainty and um, better kind of controls around profitability by having that kind of certainty. So, um, you know, we're we're seeing that as a as a big step forward in terms of being able to to have that kind of flexibility and optionality in terms of being able to pro- provide that um, you know that that price certainty on the on the later day uh, to be announced mortgage back security.
0: So I know that a, a focus for MCT is also helping broker-dealers, and you had mentioned indication prices. How do you feel like MCT is helping out
1: broker-dealers? It's, uh, it's interesting just having the, the, the conversation with uh, broker-dealers on kind of what's going on in the market. And, you know, there's some um, lenders, some people out there that will – Go through an electronic trading platform and try to, you know, put a level out there or try to put a trade out there just to get an indication. Um, so they're doing some price discovery using the electronic platform uh, with a live bid, and that doesn't really help out your relationship with the broker dealer. Um, doesn't help you out. So we have uh, developed some functionality to where you could actually request an indication level from a dealer through the uh, electronic platforms, right? So. Going through MCT, you're able to go and say hey you know what is a um 37 and a half trading or in January what is that trading at right now and instead of having to put out a bid and then uh, deny it, um, you're able to put out that just the, the requested indication and kind of get that feedback directly from the dealer. So it, it's it's the same thing that we've done with the um, you know with the the trading uh, aspect of kind of making it all electronic. This is just a, a kind of a, the electronification of the requested email. Um, so you could always pick up a pick up a phone, call a broker dealer, and say, "Hey, you know, what are you seeing for this?" Um, I'm sure the broker dealers would love a call. But this offers more kind of just flexibility to do it through a, a platform.
0: I mean, pricing in the secondary market has gotten so granular and transparent, and and is is in real time, and M- MCT has been a big uh, reason for some of the innovations that you brought to market. And I kind of want to close by asking you here: in a utopian society and capital markets, for Andrew, like where where are we going with uh, the capital markets and and the way people are able to to price and trade uh, loans? What do you what do you see in the future?
1: I think the 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 whole goal is just to provide more transparency and um, you know make the process as streamlined and smooth as possible. So you know, from a trading platform to uh, a loan sale platform to you know electronification of it all, I, I think it all just kind of goes to creating a, a more streamlined process for the lender to to do their business on a day to day, and with those efficiencies. Hopefully, you know reducing cost and being able to pass that through to the to the borrower. I think you know the the end goal for, for 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 where I see it is to 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 get a better rate to the borrower from you know being able to pass through CRA incentives, uh, LMI incentives, uh, all the way down to the borrower level on the front end pricing. You know to get that benefit to that borrower who needs it is really what I think is the biggest goal. And I think we have a far way to go to get there, but I think we're we're working towards getting um, to an environment where we're able to start providing that, um, you know, pricing down to the borrower level, which is, like I said, at the end of the day, that's the main goal.
0: Very well put, Andrew. I always enjoy talking to you. Thank you very much for making the time.
1: Appreciate it, Robbie.
0: In interest rate news, we learned last week that Federal Reserve officials agreed to proceed carefully with interest rates, according to the minutes from the FOMC's latest policy meeting released on Wednesday. Members wanted rates to stay restrictive for some time, as inflation remains above the 2% objective, with virtually no interest in cutting rates anytime soon. Yesterday, the week kicked off with an impressive rally in the bond markets, dropping rates after the release of a weaker-than-expected new home sales report for October. New home sales fell 5.6% in October to a seasonally adjusted rate of $679,000, according to the Census Bureau. Though the figure is up 17.7% from a year ago, it was below expectations and followed a downwardly revised sales base in September of $719,000. Homebuilders continue to move toward more modestly priced products and are able to offer concessions to drive sales in the face of higher mortgage rates. It's a flippin' busy day today. Today's scheduled economic calendar includes the FHFA's conforming loan limits for 2024, weekly Redbook same-store sales for the week ending November 25th, September house price indices from S&P Case-Shiller and FHFA, consumer confidence for November, Richmond Fed Manufacturing and Services, Dallas Fed Texas Services, and results from a treasury auction of $39 billion of seven-year notes. Phew. Following last week's break, FedSpeak resumes with Chicago's Goolsby, Governor Waller, Governor Bowman, Governor Barr all delivering remarks. Later this week brings the latest reading on the Federal Reserve's favorite inflation gauge. The PC reading on core inflation is expected to show a 0.2% month over month and 3.5% year-over-year increase. We begin the day with agency MBS prices slightly worse from Monday, the 10-year yielding 4.40 after closing yesterday at 4.39%, and the two years down to 4.88. Let's wrap up with a joke and some housekeeping. I asked my wife what women really want. She replied, "A tent of lovers," or perhaps she said, "Attentive lovers." I wasn't really listening. Thank you to MCT. MCT's technology and know-how continues to revolutionize how mortgage assets are priced, locked, protected, valued, and exchanged, offering clients the tools to thrive under any market condition.